Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series where we add value to people's lives. Happening every Thursday on ebizradio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels and in today's Marketing and Leadership segment. Joining me as per usual, Marketing and Communications Expert and Co-Host, Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? Kevin, great. Yeah, good to be chatting again on our 70th show today. Um, yeah, so I had a look at, at how many weeks are left to, to mid-December when we usually take a break just to try and establish uh, where we're going to be when we hit that, that 100 threshold. And uh, yeah, it'll be around March, March next year when we finally hit wow. our 100 milestone. That's amazing. I mean, like uh, that, that would mean that you and I have been doing it for literally for two years. Yes, yeah. Yes, it will just be, you know, <laughs> four weeks short of two years. Well, yeah. in essence, you know, the, the duration would have been longer than two years because we've had our sort of three-week break over this last festive season, which inevitably will be the same at the end of this year. So, yeah, yeah. Co- co-hosting together for over two years by that point. Yeah, no, it's and and it's been, uh, you know, the, the the conversations we've touched on and the the things we've 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 spoken about has has reached, uh, you know, so many so many areas of of life and business and uh, it's been absolutely fascinating and I absolutely love it. But um, as usual, Craig, let's please uh, let's please share the key reminder points for our listeners of last week's conversation. Yeah, Kevin, great. And you know what is, is great about last week's conversation is the fact that the the Cannes Festival of, of Creativity actually really picked up on, on every one of the topics that we've covered in the last three, four months itself. Um, and, and what came out of that particular conversation last week is, is that they referenced six key themes which were published on canslines.com. And I want to just go through those again as the reminder of our conversation last week. But Kevin, as, as I mentioned again last week, is that these themes are not just once-off uh, sets of principles that, that actually disappear as the creative world goes into lockdown for preparing for next year's festival, but but actually they're, they're indeed, to, to me, the bedrock uh, of a minimum approach to performance and achievements in driving the respective brands that they represent to the levels of growth while achieving the highest standards of creative excellence. So the, the six key themes are as follows. Firstly, it is, it pays to be green. And yeah, agencies need to consider how brands can deliver on sustainability in a more authentic and impactful way and, and not just the lip service and greenwashing that is so apparent today. Point two, theme two is represent the underrepresented. Yeah, agencies really need to improve the transition of diversity, equity, inclusion in their creative work, not just within the workplace and representation of their their staff makeup, but in the work that they produce. Theme three is, is a renewal focus on talent, really important for agencies to understand and support the industry's changing approach to serve the talent of tomorrow. Um, Theme four is Ready Player Two. Here, agencies need to formulate their solutions on how to balance the big topic of big data, tech, and creativity. Theme five is Reframing Creative Effectiveness ideas as investments, of which they all should be. Agencies need to work with their clients in learning how to measure the value of their creative in a more effective way. And the final theme is Reimagine, Reinvent, and Rebuild. It's time for a factory reset. Finally, probably the most important point for me is that agencies need to define and implement how creativity 
can support large-scale business transformation. Um, and that's something that every brand would be looking for, Kevin. But in addition to, to the six themes mentioned, it's worth reiterating that the festival centers around councils for progress, which are meant to drive purpose through creativity. And the councils for this past year included the themes of sustainability, diversity, equity, and inclusion, talent, business transformation, and creative effectiveness. And those are the key reminder points from last week's conversation, Kevin. Fantastic. Craig, so I know that uh, today we are going to be chatting about something we've never ever covered before, which is uh, when I when I saw this, I was like, um, yeah, this is what the hell is this? So uh, tell us, <laughs> what is today's topic about? Kevin, we're going to discuss the topic of the silver economy. And uh, yeah, something we haven't touched on before. And it's really looking at the buying power of the 50 plus market, which is being ignored by many brands globally. And then again, to set some context before diving into it, according to the AARP report, the 50 plus cohort, Kevin, in the USA is in excess of 170 million people, rising to about 132.3 million people by 2030. And they represent some 35% of the population and is estimated to spend 84 billion US dollars on tech products alone by 2030, and definitely a marketing segment not, not to be ignored, Kevin. Yeah, so before getting into some of the detail of, of what opportunities the segment or, or age group represents, I just want to kick off and look at the generational classification definitions that are used in much of marketing speak these days. And, and, and in essence, there are five classifications that are used to describe the various generational segments, and they are broken down by age as follows. So first, and, and you're probably familiar with all of these, is baby boomers. These are folk that were born between 46 and 64, and they're currently between 58 and 76 years old, and there are 71.6 million baby boomers in the USA alone, and that's more than the entire South African population, Kevin. Next is Gen X. These were folk that were born between 1965 and 1979, 1980, currently between 42 and 57 years old, and there are 65.2 million Gen Xs in the USA. Gen Y, or the millennials, um, these are folk that were born between 81 and 94, 96 is a bit of a stretch on, on that definition, and they're currently between 26 years old and 41 years old, and they're about 71 72.1 million uh, uh, millennials in the USA, Kevin. And, and it's quite a stretch in that age group and, and there's very different experiences across that age group. So this segment is broken down into two further subsets as, as follows, Kevin. First Gen 1 being that 25 to 29 year old group and they represent 31 million people in the USA. And the second Gen Y2, which is the 29 to 39 year group and they represent around 42 million in the USA. And you'll, you'll get to understand why these groups are, are sub-segmented in the conversation further because there's a really important understanding of the attitudes, behaviors and life stage across those two sort of you know, four years and, and, and 10 year segments. Gen Z is the newest generation. They were born between 1997 and 2012, and they're currently between 10 and 25 years old. And take note, there's like 68 million Gen Zs in the USA already. Wow. Gen Z is projected to hit 33 trillion in income by 2030, which is a quarter of all global income, Kevin. Phenomenal. 
Yeah, I, I love that you've broken it down for me because I, I it, a lot of this is gets so confusing and you, you don't know who's who. But it is really interesting that that there's something called the silver economy and uh, like to kind of uh to kind of ignore that because uh, i think you know like we're sort of heading into that economy quite a lot. <laughs> absolutely yeah. but that, that does mean that there's a considerable amount of money that's being spent and and i think people are also shifting especially people our age or older are shifting you know like i, I just take tiktok for example um they're they're right out there you know they're on their social media platforms doing stuff doing crazy stuff so yes. they are not shying away from from technology and they, they, they i find that people are far more embracing it now than they ever have before you're picking up some really good points for for the conversation you really are so definitely hold that thought there what what's interesting is is gen a or gen alpha which actually starts with children born in 2012 um and they'll continue through to at least 2025 maybe a bit later there are 48 million gen a's in the usa already kevin and according to the article marketing to the over 50s is found on the casasa.com uh, financial technology and Merc- uh, marketing services site um, the name generation alpha was given by social analyst mark mccrindle and by 2025 there'll be nearly two billion members of generation alpha across the world um, but to, to reiterate kevin the 50 plus segment is represented by both gen x and the baby boomers hence that 117 million uh, um, segment size in the usa and according to the walk article titled marketing to the over 50s understand your respective audience the 50 plus segment make up a third of the uk's population and hold 80 percent of its wealth so both you know america and the usa seeing significant value in this particular segment yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, Craig. So, so why why are generations classified the way they are and and have uh, just described it? Yeah, sure. It is, it's a, it's a good question, and I had to go and read a couple of articles just to get clarity around the the validity of of this classification and and the science behind it. But but interestingly, um, the article how generations are named as published on Trend Magazine section of PewTrust.org and written by. Jean uh, M. Twenge, who is a professor of psychology at the San Diego State University, article published on the 26th of Jan 2018. We learned this, Kevin. I'm going to quote from the article. The truth is that generational labels and birth year cutoffs are merely convenient shorthand. And although some generations clearly begin with a pronounced cleft from an earlier group, generations often blend into another. And however, the arbitrary nature of generational names and spans does not negate the reality that growing up in different eras can have a profound impact. So yeah, it, it does come with some confusion when, when it comes to labeling these generations. But in reality, the generational cohorts are, are in essence defined by those, those birth years and not their current age. And, and the reason is simple, that, that generations get older in groups, so that the movement of, of, of those age groups through, through the uh, process from alpha all the way up to, to boomers. The article titled Boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, and Gen A Explained is published on, again, uh, kusasa.com blog page on 7 of June, more recently, 2021. It addresses this point in much greater detail, Kevin, and, and the article unpacks why the cohort names are important. 
So firstly, each generation label serves as a shorthand to reference the nearly 20 years of attitude, motivations, and historical events associated with that particular group. As you can see, there's sort of a time timeline that, that, that comes through with each group. Um, each, each of the cohort names are useful terms for marketers. And while common in use, they refer to a cohort only by age range, which gets complicated quite quickly. So why? Because 10 years from now, the priorities of millennials would have changed. So in, in a subset of millennials over a 20-year period, the first 10 years to the second 10 years are fundamentally different engagement with brands and attitude to brands and the world, and a lot of world events have happened, and, and it therefore impacts the priorities within those subsets. And, and marketing tactics must obviously adjust according to to that transition through through those subsets. The generational cutoff points aren't an exact science and, and they're definitely evolving continuously as, as more and more events impact and influence our lives and technology evolution. But what's key to understand though is that the goals out of these subsets or at least cohort names is, is to reach people with marketing messages relevant to their respective phase of life, Kevin. And, and this point is highlighted by Javelin Research in a study that determined that not all millennials are currently in the same stage of life. While all millennials were born around the turn of the 21st century, some of them are still in early adulthood, finding their feet in new careers and settling down, while other millennials, older millennials, have a home and are already building a family. So you can imagine that having a child might change your interests and priorities Therefore, marketing purposes have to be adjusted accordingly, and therefore it's useful to split the likes of that, that broader segment of millennials into the Gen 1, uh, Y1, and, and, and the Gen Y2. Yeah, I mean, Craig, I, I certainly don't prescribe to labels. Um, so for me, <laughs> for me, there's a, I, I feel like, a, you know, I, I know according to this, I might be a Gen X kind of person uh, because of the year I was born in, but I... Uh, I really don't feel it. So, you know, I, I, I do see that there's very different things that motivate me and sort of, uh, you know, sort of appeal to me um, based on a lot younger uh, generations, which is weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't generally prescribe it. But it's, it's interesting to see how they, they've actually put this together. But, Craig, a, a part of the general age classification or segmentation, um, what else can you tell us about the 50-plus group? Kevin, yeah, so this, this is important because, you know, some of this is what you're going to resonate because there are different approaches you have to different aspects in your life which may fall into this classification, but, but some of it may well be outside of, of the definitions used here. So the article titled People Over 50 Are Responsible for More Than Half the Consumer Spending in the United States addresses this question somewhat. Um, a great article written by Buck Mark, Bradbury, who's the Senior Director of Insights and Integrated Marketing at AARP uh, in Media Solutions Division. And, and it was published to Ad Age, one of my, my really good uh, go-to sources for content uh, on the 29th of March, 2021. And we note the following. Since the onset of the pandemic, household finances across all ages have been propped up by relief benefits and unemployment assistance. But consumers 50 and older continue to maintain their relevant the relative position of financial strength. Only 7% reported that the income has declined a lot since the start of the pandemic, and just one in 10 are receiving financial assistance 
from family and friends. And obviously the source there being AARP Media Solutions, the COVID-19 uh, tracking study of, of Jan 2021. So you can see that that the, the intrinsic value is still in place with, within that um, the cohort, Kevin. The article addresses yeah. seven really good factors to why this group is, is important to businesses and to the health of, of the early US economy. And the seven facts are, are noted as follow, follows. So the first factor is they have strong earnings. So, so workers 50 years and older earn 65,000 US dollars per year on average, compared to the medium of 55,000 for full-time workers aged 18 to 49. The increased earnings uh, and less debt provide much better opportunities for investing, hence the reasons that this demographic take note of this owns 62% of all investment portfolio value in the USA, Kevin. That, that, is, that is substantial. Um, and according to the MRI Simon Spring 2024-2020 uh, report, this age group has an average net worth that is 52% higher than that of adults 18 to 49 years old. Yeah. Point two in, 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 in the, the facts here is that they spend more. So the average uh, head of the household is now 51.6 years old and consumers 51 plus head up about 71 million households compared to about the, the 61 million of, of the 18 to 49 years old. And according to a recent US commerce uh, uh, expenditure survey, the 50 plus cohort accounts for 53% of all consumer expenditure, including more than 70% of, of expenditure in prescription drugs and medical supplies, which is fairly obvious, and 61% and of spending on household supplies and 51% of spending on food. So it's a big contributor to, to the economy. Point three is that they love tech. And this is, as, as you were talking about, you know, seeing them even in the TikTok space. So, so again, according to MRI Summers Fall 2020 report, the 50 plus group actually have a love for tech gadgets and smartphones with 98% owning a cell phone. And amongst that 91% of them actually own a smartphone. And according to that US consumer expedition, uh, expenditure survey, this age group is also responsible for more than half of all spending on audio visual equipment, small and large appliances and entertainment. The Frank, fourth I mean, point, it's, yeah. uh, to that point, they love tech. It's so it's so obvious. I, I went out with a friend who's who's a little bit older than me, and <laughs> her te she's got like a really nice big uh, the, one of the newest iPhones. And but I mean her her text size on on her uh, on her WhatsApp was like it looked like she was speaking in capital letters. <laughs> but but boy, like she handles that phone like she's it's just you know like second nature. It's part of her body. You know, and she just does it so easily. But even the tech size, it, you, you know, matches her age. You could actually see it. But it, but the fact is, you know, people, people, old people, and I'm, you know, I, I'm saying this, people plus fifty and and older people, absolutely love tech. I've seen really, really ninety year olds and eighty year olds on WhatsApp doing their thing. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's, here's an interesting point. Um, they spend more on vehicles, Kevin. So according to the US Consumer uh, Expenditure Survey, consumers age 50 plus actually account for about 56% of total expenditure on new vehicles. Um, and their spending outpaces other demographics in a variety of other auto-related categories. Obviously, with vehicles comes vehicle repairs and, and the likes of auto insurance as well. So, I mean, Craig, 
what does stand out to me about this, and I know you've got some more points to to add to this, but and I'm sure this is what you you're alluding to is uh, we don't significantly or actively look at this this age group um, as an age group to tap into. You know, we when Correct. we target anything, when we market anything, we're not looking at uh, you know where where are all our fifty year olds or where are all our fifty five year olds, where are all our sixty five year olds, and yet. I think that that's, you know, when you and I grew up, you were old when you were 50. You were like, you are very old. You know, that was a, an old man. But I think that 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 movement of, especially for people our age, you know, we've we've moved that bracket to kind of going, no, I think when you're about 95, that's old. You know, for us, that's old. Um, I think it's I think it's a it's a bit of a paradigm shift that we've had around. Uh, you know, how we see age, but also the fact that you're mentioning what you're mentioning is the fact that they have more, they, they have more money to spend and they, and they, they spend on expensive things, right? Yes. That's a really key, key component to, to, they, to they, pay they do big, big ticket items, very, very much big ticket items. When, when they do spend, there's some, some great big ticket items there, but interestingly, and, and I like the point you referenced around, sort of shifting our perception of what old was when we were younger to what it potentially is now as a definition as, as we ourselves have, have gotten older is that, you know, the longer lifespans, much healthier lifestyles, a lot of good nutritional medical influence in that as well. So, so in general, you know, there is this shift to see that definition of old moving, moving further up the, the age scale, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Again, you know, you talk about the the, the likes of, of tech and gadgets and, and things like that. The point five is that they definitely avid content consumers. And and again, according to the MRI um, Simon's Fall twenty twenty report, this age group can't seem to get enough of media, irrespective of the channel. But this is an important point to note as we sort of define one or two other characteristics around this. Moving on, ninety five percent of this age cohort watch television. 90% are online, some within that about 10% are online every single day, 81% read magazines and 76% listen to radio. And with that, you know, being online, point six is they shop online. So the, the, the spring 2020, fall 2020 reports tells us that the 50 plus age group were already active online shoppers, even before the stay at home, uh, um, imposed stay at home and quarantine um, in, in position was implemented. And we learned that 75% went online to do research and make purchases, accounting for 41% of all e-commerce spending. And that surprised me. Since the pandemic began, obviously there's been a significant increase in, on online shopping behavior, and they obviously had a, 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 you know, a, a key influence in that regard. And the final point here is they connected. According to the MRR Sums 4 reports 2020, the 50 plus age group who are online, 74% use social media and 73% use instant messaging. Again, you know, those two, those two percentages were quite surprising to me. I'm so, I'm so glad that, you, that, that that's something you mentioned because I think, and this is what people don't realize about people past the age of 45, uh, we consider life differently well, most of us, uh, we consider life differently and how the import or why there's importance to connection or staying connected, right? So you you really you start you start 
clearing out the weeds and kind of going, okay, what are my significant relationships and how do I stay connected? What are my significant business connections and how do I stay connected? Uh, and we do that using social media, but we also do it to the point where we actually actively want to be connected with these people. It's not just a case of going, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a useful way. It's, it's, it's an active cognition that we have where youngsters, they don't do that. They kind of just do it, you know, uh, as, part of a, as part of killing time. Absolutely. You know, Kevin, there, there, there are so many points that we can talk about relative to how to engage more effectively with, with um, this particular cohort, how to reach them in, 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 in the various territories. But the, the, the critical thing here is, is we're always talking about this multi-channel approach that ir irrespective, uh, the multi-channel approach is vitally important to the segment because of the ability of reaching them on be connected TVs, streaming, video, um, mobile, social media apps, etc. So, and the fact that they're buying online and offline and do, doing research online to purchase offline, all of those aspects are, are key in delivering the effective multi-channel marketing messaging and campaigning to this particular uh, generation. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to stop that because you, you don't think they're participating in that. But there was one really incredible point that, that I came across in the readings on, on this topic, Kevin, is that, again, referencing the, the uh, article titled Marketing to Over 50s, is that the millennials actually stand to inherit over 68 trillion US dollars from the 50 plus age group, which is their baby boomers and Gen X parents by the year 2030, setting them up potentially to be the most wealthy generation in US history. So, you know, you Holy can cow. understand, <laughs> yeah, can, can you believe that? Yes, so, wow. so definitely key target audience at this particular point. And, and if the brand relationships are strong and entrusted as that financial wealth is handed over to um, the good old millennials who are coming through, hopefully some of that brand traction stays in place and, you know, there's 68 trillion up for grabs in, in 2030 onwards. Now, uh, that's amazing. I, like, uh, I wish I was born when they were born, when the Gen Xs were born. <laughs> Craig, but so as, we, as we're in the show today, what, what can you share with the listeners as the key takeaway conversations? Because I think it's fascinating that I don't even think people know that there's, there's, there's a segment that's, uh, of, of, of individuals that people are, are completely not targeting. They're not aware yeah. of it. And, and, you know, Kevin, again, it's, it's always difficult to, to have these conversations when, when we don't have sufficient information relative to our own market in South Africa. And that's why I was able to, you know, pull one or two of the little statements around, around the UK because there, there isn't fair around there. But I, I, I was having a look at previous census data, trying to get an understanding of the demographic makeup of the country, of the age segmentation. And, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a, a reasonable size relative to, to the South African market that fits within this uh, um, profile. But the, the big challenge here again is because of our absolute uh, um, distinction in, in, in class and income, Gini, Gini coefficient is that no matter what we think, the the core end target size in South Africa is substantially small in, in relation to the financial value aspect being much bigger, but the actual number of, of uh, audience that, that fit within that segmentation very much smaller. But, but again, 
the same the same overlay of expectation where there is a target audience size with substantial wealth in the 50 plus and and as small as it may be in south africa from a from an audience size there is substantial wealth in the segment 50 plus of of, of the high-end earners in, in south africa so good intrinsic value there and again you know what are brands doing to ensure that they can speak to the south african silver silverbacks um, in, 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 in that regard. But going, going back to, to the facts that I mentioned from the article Baby Booners, um, the brands that are looking beyond the, the Gen Z millennials as, as the key takeaway points from, from the conversation, we note the following points here, Kevin. The 50 plus code can be much more elusive on social media with just 48.2% of baby boomers describing themselves as active social media users compared to 90.4%. However, that's what's stated, but in, in reality, there's a lot more using, using social media. And they, they're interestingly using social media in their own way. Um, and, and they're creating their own frequency of communication and, and their own segmentation uh, um, groups within that subset as well. But here's, here's a really cool point. Facebook and Pinterest were until recently the best place to target the, the 50 plus cohort. You know, if I look at my, my mother will be 80 in, in, in a few months time and her use of, of Facebook is just phenomenal. And, you know, as much as she has arthritic hands and, and, and challenges with, with freedom of movement, that is just her go-to place. And it's, it's quite incredible to, to understand that firsthand. What I also found interesting in the article, Kevin, that there's there's a rise in the number of older Instagram influencers, and and these influencers can definitely be more picky and selective around the brands which they will work with compared to younger influencers who are quite, uh, you know, amenable to jump around brands and 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 really have possibly less brand loyalty when when doing so. The fifty plus cards are much harder to connect with because they're more wary about what they use and what they will recommend and and there's definitely a tendency to distrust which is partly a result of of advertising fatigue which is understandable because this this group has been exposed to misleading ads and overstated marketing claims for decades given as such they've got a much lower tolerance for the kind of uh, marketing spin and untruth so yeah important in 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 getting the right message, the right tone through there. The 50 card also do research before buying much more so than the younger audiences do. And they want to know everything from, you know, the dimensions to the weight to the size of the particular product that they're looking at right through to what it works with, where it works, et cetera, et cetera. And, and how to get effective use out of the product as well. And brands generally need to over communicate to the segment. And whilst it may require a lot of activity, Brands that do resonate with the segment, Kevin, are definitely rewarded for their efforts. And, and that's verified in a survey that found that 67% of Gen X and 75% and of baby boomers say that when they find a product they like, they tend to become repeat buyers and, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, customers for life. And, and if brands want to matter to this audience, Kevin, they really have to understand their audience and really what matters to them and the whole purpose proposition coming to the fore there. So in closing and, and quoting from Jack Murphy, who's a, a senior partner at Boys and Girls Agency, quite a successful agency in, in, in the current realm, um, understand and respect your audience. Just like the rest of us, over 50s want to feel empowered and respected, not talked down to. Sadly, much of advertising they see 
does just that. Whether it's through something as simple as simple and playful as filling out a crossword or something more serious like charity, media partnerships that speak to them as equals, engage with them intelligently and humanity and meets them where they already are can go a long way to winning over this underrepresented group. And those are the key takeaways from today. Well, I'm, and I'm so glad, Craig, because when you when you say that, you know, very often they don't, uh, we don't like being spoken down to. One of the, the key conversations I've had this week around uh, in the coaching conversations is mindfulness and, you know, being mindful of what it is you're saying, being mindful of what you're doing, being mindful of your tension, being mindful, you know. Um, and I think it's, it's, it speaks to accountability, you know, like be accountable for what you're sharing, be accountable for what you're doing. We're living on a planet that can't afford you to behave any other way other than being accountable. So and that's, yeah, and, and that's why I like, I like that, that last <clears throat> sentence in there where you know, speak to them as equals, engage with their intelligence and humanity and meet yeah. them where they already are. And that, that is mindfulness at, at its best. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, finally, so what are we in store for, for next week's conversation? Yo, Kevin, yes. Next week, we'll have Sharon Haig, the CEO of Contact Center Management Group, join us as a guest on our first ever LinkedIn Live show. And, you know, we've pushed this out. Obviously, we, we had uh, some lovely technology challenges and power issues two weeks ago. But I'm really excited about this milestone and definitely looking forward to the great discussion with Sharon next week. Absolutely. Also uh, looking forward to it. Guys, if you want to catch the, the lunchtime marketing and leadership segment, you can see uh, or catch us on uh, ebizradio.com every Thursday at 12 o'clock. And you can catch the lunchtime series on all major podcast channels. Craig, thank you so much for joining me and have a fantastic day. You too, Kevin. Thanks. Look forward to next week.